Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Net. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Station 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. We talked to Bama Bob on Friday. Preview college football on a national basis. Recap it on Monday, except next Monday. <laughs> Not a whole Ooh. lot to recap outside of Miami Louisville. Yeah, kind of a PU slate. Is it Duke Boston College? It maybe? is. Yeah. Yes, it is. In fact, uh, let's get Bama in here and then I'll go, just so I don't want to keep him on hold. Uh, here's the slate of games for this Saturday. 11 a.m., Houston and Baylor, Boston College, Duke. Uh, the ACC Network's got Syracuse and Pitt. Notre Dame, South Florida, 130. Prime time. Oh, you're Georgia Tech, man. They look pretty good. They got a defense. And they got a quarterback, too. That young freshman, well, young freshman. Mm-hmm. That freshman Sims can play a little bit. Um, and then prime time, Miami, Louisville, 630. On ABC, what's late? Uh, Wake Forest, NC State. Anyways, UTEP, Abilene Christian. Doesn't do a whole lot for no, you. No, I'm out. I'm out of that. You're one. not part of Minor Nation. No, but we'll preview a handful of them. We're going to recap a bunch of them right now, mostly from the ACC's. Bama Bobbini joins us. Hello, Bama. Your biggest takeaway from? I guess they call it Week Two. It felt like Week One. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're calling it Week Two. What was your biggest takeaway, Bama? And then we'll get into some of the uh, games that we saw on the field. I'm sorry, Kenny, I dozed off while you were reading that schedule for next week. Um, listen, I guess there's two takeaways, and, and, and you just mentioned the team. And maybe, obviously, the, I guess the news, and if you want to call it that nationally, was, was Lafayette beating Iowa mm-hmm. State. We can certainly get into that. But I, I thought Georgia Tech's win over Florida State was maybe the best, you know, win of the week, if you will, with mm-hmm. the conference game. You got a team that had – you know, really struggled last year with it now with a second year coach. And you mentioned the quarterback more toward their system of how they want to play, yep. getting rid of that spread option that they've run forever. I thought that was a really good win. Um, I think Florida State will probably shut down in about three weeks when you look at the, <laughs> yeah. the crowd and how they were just all crammed in there together. But that's another story for another day. Um, the other take is, I mean, it was a horrible week for the Big 12. Yeah. Um, Iowa State loses uh, to Lafayette. Kansas State loses at home to Arkansas State. Kansas looked awful. I watched a, a decent amount of Me that too. game uh, late. And you, the thing that stuck out to me, Ken, is you wouldn't have just physically the eye test and just looking at mm-hmm. the, the players and the size and the athleticism, you wouldn't have believed that Kansas was in the Power Five. <laughs> conference i mean coastal look i mean they they look like a football team um and then texas tech Ooh. whatever you know they oh my escaped. god you know the, yeah escaped against houston baptist but i mean it was a crazy weekend and 
you know, the, the craziest play that, I, that I've seen in I don't know how long was the blocked punt in the end zone for South Florida against the Citadel. And I was just looking at the box score, a zero-yard punt return for a touchdown. I don't think I've ever seen so, that. Either. I've seen, you know, the block kick recovered in the end zone or fumble recovered in the end zone, whatever. But I, I've never seen a zero-yard punt return. But somehow that play just fits with, with the 2020 season and everything that we're going to be going through this this year. But um wasn't a bad week. You know, it was football. There was other things, obviously, to kind of, you know, get your interest going in between, which was good because if you just had – if all you were going to do is sit there and watch college football on Saturday, you were going to have a really long day. I want to get your perspective on Florida State. A, for somebody like me, I'm 40. During the 80s and into the 90s, it was the premier destination of college football for a 15-year run. What What was it? 14 out of 15 years, they finished in the top four in the AP poll. Yeah. It was just absolutely yeah. incredible. Yet this program, though, they do have a national championship with Jimbo. Outside of that, we're talking about 20 years of disappointing results. Mm-hmm. What's that program going forward? And not get to the heights that they once were, but is it realistic for Florida State and to be in the conversation for a national title once every five years? Is that even realistic anymore? I want to say yes, but... I, I, and- Trent, you mentioned the '80s. I mean, that, that there was a period of time, and, and you remember this. Ken will remember it maybe a little better as I do, since we're much older than you are. But Florida, Florida State, and Miami; those three schools, the amount of talent. You know, I'm talking about back in the the Miami Glory days, the Bowden Glory days, and Steve Spurrier at Florida. I mean, those three schools. The, the amount of talent that they put into the NFL and year in and year out for over a decade is, is something I don't think we'll ever see again. Florida State, I, I mean, I don't know that that – listen, Miami's still trying to get back. Miami still thinks they're a national program. I don't think they are anymore. I think they're more of a regional. Um, they're fighting with within their own state, and that's the big thing is, you know, mulling down at Florida. Florida is – the universe, it is the University of Florida for a reason. Okay. They're going to get, they got the best facilities. Uh, they got more money. They got more boosters. Um, they, when they're good, they should be the elite program. I don't, Florida State has just had such a talent drain under the last couple of years under Fisher and then the Taggart disaster. Um, there's enough talent in that state to go around. The mm-hmm. problem is now you're, it's, it's getting poached a lot. Um, you know, from Georgia and some SEC programs, obviously Alabama, Auburn reaching in there. I mean, any school in the country is really, you know, recruiting Florida, any, you know, major school, Ohio State, Texas, all that. I don't know that they're ever going to get back to national championship contention, at least as long as Clemson just has it absolutely. I mean, they're a wagon right now Ugh. there. And Dabo Sweeney, you know, listen, Dabo Sweeney still. I don't even know if he's barely 50 yet. So, I mean, in, in case, unless he decides he wants another challenge, you know, when Saban leaves or to go to the NFL or whatever, I don't see that program slipping, which is bad news for Florida State. Can they be more competitive? Yeah, because there's enough talent to go around. you got to have the right coach. I don't know if they have that or not. I still don't know. Um, I mean, he's one game. He won at Memphis, but, you know, that's not the ACC. But I, I don't. I don't think that year in, year out, they're going to be – you mentioned the one under Jimbo with Jameis Winston. Um, 
it's going to take a while before they're on the national scene relevant again, I think. Uh, and it's mainly to do with the fact that of, of the way Florida's going right now. And you've seen it kind of with Miami over the years. But I, I don't think that they're – I do not think they're a national program right now. I think they're a national name. But certainly they are not on the list of, you know, these five-star recruits that are coming out of – Well, and speaking of that, Bama – And places like that. Speaking of five-star recruits, Clemson is. I mean, watching Brian Breesey, yeah. number 11 – Miles Murphy, 98. <laughs> These are two true freshmen that they just plugged yeah. into that defensive front. My gosh. I mean, it's it's more yeah, than Trevor Lawrence and Etienne. They've got a great defense, and those two freshmen, yikes. Yeah, and, and Kenny, we talked about it. I think I, I mentioned it Friday. To me, Clemson is the new standard bearer for a program in, in the country. I, I, I think, think it they, is. I think they've. I think they've taken that mantle away from Saban in Alabama. Yep. You know, he's not going to go down quietly. And, and you know, we'll see how this year – you know, this year may be an anomaly, but we'll see how the next couple of years play out. But, I mean, you're right. You look at the – and I was I was watching a, a good amount of that game, and, and Herb Street, I think, or whoever it was, was making a comment on that going, you know, Dabo said this is maybe the most talented team he's yes. ever had. And I'm like, yep. oh, my God, how scary is that, mm-hmm. thinking about Deshaun Watson and – I thought and, I think it was Blackledge, you know, but yep, yep. I mean, your your yeah, points remain the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. Hopkins and and all those guys. I mean, mm-hmm. good lord, if this is his best team, and then you see these guys, and like he said, these guys are walking through the door. How most guys walked out the door after four years, right. you know, in terms of size and athletic yeah. ability, and and I mean, I don't know how I don't know where they're getting them from, getting them from, but they are. Listen, it just takes it takes the right guy. It takes a couple of good years. Um, it takes, you know, a player maybe like Deshaun Watson, I think here, you're going to go back and look at, he was the guy who really mm-hmm. transformed it and going toe to toe with Alabama in those title games and winning them. And that put them on the map. And now all the players are putting in the NFL and that's where guys want to go now. And, mm-hmm. you know, they got a great environment, great stadium, uh, you know, decent conference in terms of competition and be on TV every week. Um, so yeah, they, I think they are the new standard bearer, but you're right. Those two guys in particular, you're just looking at going, holy crap, these are, what, 18-year-olds? How, how does that happen? No, I'm with you. Let's do a minute on Notre Dame-Duke. Uh, I was impressed by Duke's uh, a Clemson transfer. Can't see the field at Clemson. Comes over to Duke. Bryce is his last name. I thought he looked yeah. really good. I- I'm still not there on Ian Book, Bama, or Trent. I'm, I'm not. Kyrene Williams, I think he's a true freshman running back 23. He blew me away. Uh, they got a kid there at tight end. His name escapes me, 87. They call him baby gronk um <laughs> uh, look i notre dame's going to be a factor so let me put it this way notre dame or north carolina from what we saw this weekend trent i'll start with you which of those two schools is going to appear with clemson in the acc title game notre dame or north carolina are they just taking the top two or did they put notre dame in a division there's no divisions there's no division yeah. so it's just the top two yeah. I'm still going to say Carolina. I, uh, they don't have Clemson on the regular right. season. And right. that's a piece of it. Yep. And I like the way the schedule sets up for them. And like you, there, there's something, the mystique of Notre Dame, even if there's nobody in the stadium, still how pumped up some of these kids Well, the kids, kids are. were there. Yeah, I mean, the students right. were there. But, right. but whatever stadium they go into, it's right. such a huge moment yep. to have Notre Dame come into your state or to walk in to Notre Dame Stadium. And because of that, they're going to get clipped by somebody that they shouldn't. 
I don't know if that's the case with Carolina. They struggled offensively for the first three quarters, finally started to pile it on. All got it going. They're going to get going. They're going to be okay on that side of the football. For me, I'm still with Carolina to get to that championship How about game. you, Bama? Yeah, I'm with Trent on this. I thought, um, listen, it, it, it was. I thought Notre Dame was just pedestrian mm-hmm. at best. Duke was a little better than I thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I'll Bryce is that. a good player. Um, that quarterback can play. Yeah, I do too. And they're they're going to win a few games yep. in that conference this year. That I think, uh, you know, I mean, they're not going to beat Clemson. I don't believe. No, but or, Cutcliffe's a good coach. Uh, yeah, he is, and and you know he's been there forever, and and you know it, that's a t- that is a tough place. I mean, it's like Northwestern, Stanford. You know, we we know the the academic qualifications you have to have, and it's easy enough to get you know four or five basketball players in there for a year, but you got to have mm-hmm. fifteen or twenty football players to really make a difference, and I don't know they'll get to that. But um, I'm with you on book. I mean, I think I what they didn't get their first. First down until the second quarter. I don't think when I, if when I flipped it over, if I heard that comment correctly. And again, I mean, just the word I use for them is pedestrian. I don't think they're anything special. I don't think they're they're not bad. I I can't see them. You know, in a normal year, again, if and you know what is that? And this year, I don't know if anything about this is normal. You know, I don't think they can compete with Clemson. I don't. Ex- wouldn't expect them to compete with any of the the SEC big boys. They might be able to, you know, Oklahoma looked good with Rattler. Mm, I mean, sure did. again, who are they playing? Right. Um, which I think is the best name in uh, college football right now for a quarterback. Yeah. I, mean, I just love the name. And Bama, he put the ball where it needed to be placed. Yeah, I'm with you. They yes, didn't play anybody, did. but that receiver was yep. running open and he hit him in stride every time. Yep, only 17 passes, so you know it's 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 a really small sample size, but yeah, he again, Kenny, eye test. You look at the eye test and you and he he looks the part, okay? He looks like he's in command of it. He looks like he he you know, he can make the throws and he, we know he's got a great coach uh in Lincoln Riley. Um so yeah, I I think he's going to be really good, but I you know, Notre Dame, I just don't I don't know what their record will be this year, just because it's such a it's a goofy year and things are going to change. We've already seen a couple of postponements already. You know, Houston and mm-hmm. Memphis, and took Houston about ten minutes to schedule Baylor after <laughs> that game. You know, got canceled. And Virginia, Virginia Tech has got postponed from this week. I don't know. I assume they'll replay that, but it, it's going to be such a goofy year. I don't know what Notre Dame's record is going to be this year, but they just don't look like a in a normal year. They do not look like a national championship contender to me. Bama, we're still a little less than two weeks away from the SEC getting started. It'll be September 26th. What was it like this weekend with college football going on in the South and yet the SEC and Alabama not being involved? Yeah, it was a little weird. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you know, down here, you just, I mean, look, you, from, from 11 in the morning kickoff until, you know, whatever the late game kicks you know, on ESPN at eight o'clock, usually there's, you know, you can watch pieces of, of every game, you know, four or five games, whatever, uh, if you want in, in the conference. And, you know, then of course, you know, there's no big 10 or no PAC 12, no late night PAC 12, which I'm really into. Yeah. I mean, I love those games from, you know, from, from Washington, Oregon and, mm-hmm. you know, USD late night, but you know, none of that. So it was, it, it didn't, you, you knew you were watching college football, but it's like, well, wait a minute. I mean, who are we? Who are we really watching here? But um, it is what it is this year. I don't know that very many people paid attention to it. I mean, there was more news about the uh, COVID outbreak on the Auburn team than there was. And the Friday night football game, Bama, the uh, 
The band is on the yeah. field. Where was that? That was in uh, Tuscaloosa, was in right? Tuscaloosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tuscaloosa. Uh, well, actually, it was in it was Tuscaloosa Hillcrest High School, but okay. I think they were playing with Tumka, which is down around Montgomery. But yeah, I mean that 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 crazy what nine lateral it's play, just unbelievable. And, um, you know, Tom Brady even re- you know tweeted about it, going, "Wow, this is why we love football." Whatever it was, but yeah, that that kind of went viral and. And believe it or not, Ken, that was on, you know, in the news section of some of the local news broadcasts Saturday. That was what we had because there was no Alabama, no Auburn, you know, no SEC. Um, UAB got a little buzz Thursday night playing down in Miami. But, I mean, it, it's just it's just all different. And, of course, now the, you know, the running joke is, you know, now the Big Ten seems to want back in after, you know, mm-hmm. after they opted out, to, to use a term, uh, you know, now they want back in. Uh, and there's all that debate over, you know, well, are they going to be part of the playoffs? Should we put the playoffs back? Is it really going to be a champion? So, you know, kind of, there's always, it's, it's always fun down here to make fun of the Big Ten. Uh, and, and I'm not doing that because I think whatever it was, they made the best decision that, with the information they had available, whether that was accurate or not, can be debated. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a weird weekend because, you know, you had college football, but, there was no SEC highlights or anything like that. So we uh, will wait. Just, it just so fits twenty twenty. I mean, yeah. I don't know how else to say it. It's just twenty twenty ish. No doubt, Bama will find four or five games to talk about on Friday. Maybe we'll preview the SEC um, at, at some as a point. whole. As yeah. a whole, I right? like that uh, on Friday when you rejoin us at eleven oh five on Friday. Have a great week, Bama Bob. Thank you. Yep, always enjoy it, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you, Bama Bob. Talking college football to go around the sport. Uh, Monday's preview, Friday. Monday's recap, Friday's preview with Bama. One more week of goofiness, and then yeah. we'll really dig Slate in. Trent. We get real SEC games. We get real Big 12 games against each other. It's, it's going to take us to another level. And at that point, when we look forward two weeks, will we... Will we be preparing for Big Ten football? Yes. You believe yes, it? Yes, I do believe it. I'm getting you a new T-shirt. Yeah, I saw that. Sir Yad is right. <laughs> well, he wasn't right. He eh, missed the day. Right-ish. I'm going to give it to him. Look, good for him. He um, he was staying on that island. He was. He was not getting off of it. Now, his dates were wrong, but I don't care. He was the first one to say it's happening. Uh, so we'll give him credit for that. Uh, TCU hosting Iowa State. Weird kickoff. 1230. So on FS1, be, yeah, FS1 kickoff. You get still got the big dooner, which the Big Twelve has all yeah. to themselves now on Big Fox. A few other games that you pencil in there. I wonder what the justification is. I don't know. Is there something going on on FS1 leading into that? I'm not sure that they had to push back the window, or just because there aren't as many games. Oh, we don't have to put everything right at eleven o'clock. Well, they put Kansas in prime time against two. Uh, let me look. Baylor. Kansas at Baylor, prime time, Saturday night, 26. What gets more eyeballs? Kansas, Baylor, or Iowa State, TCU? Iowa State, TCU. You think think. so? I think. I mean, Kansas? Baylor? Kansas fans still watch. Still good size fan base. I don't know this week, Trent. (laughs) (laughs) They're not real happy as they're watching. They don't show up to the games. I don't know. Didn't have to. So that's, that's weird because weren't there fans in Manhattan? For the K State game, I think there were. Were there? I thought so, and there were not. There were not in Lawrence. I I think there were, but maybe I could be mistaken. Anyways, 
Did you find it odd not to watch? Because I didn't. It didn't bother me one bit. It didn't. Uh, the Iowa State. I thought Iowa State did a really good job with the band and the cheerleaders yeah. and everybody spread out. And but how about NFL yesterday? It didn't bother me one bit. No, I, we're used to it. Fox did the best job of the crowd noise. I thought of the three okay. NBC last night. It. You could tell that guy didn't have a whole lot of reps that was right. running the sound. By the way, SoFi Stadium, my God. <laughs> it's crazy what $5 billion oh can buy you, huh? God. I think it's what immaculate. What a palace. It's waterfalls. Oh. Absolutely another level. But I thought Fox did the best presentation of the okay. NFL. CBS, though. Well, CBS hasn't had very many you events. You know what? I don't think I watched a game on CBS. No, that's not true. I would flip over and watch um, Cincinnati and the Chargers. Oh, okay, yeah. So I didn't window. watch much of it. Their their sound seemed was a little it? bit off, but Fox has had so much baseball yeah. that I'm sure their production crews have had reps. Mm-hmm. It's still weird, you know. You don't have the build up as big third down and the crowd building as the quarterback breaks the huddle and comes out. You don't have that, but it was fine. Fine, it's football. That's all I really. Care I, about. I'm with you. Uh, there is a little Iowa State breaking news. Sounds like Downing is going to practice midweek. Uh, Matt Campbell is calling Charlie Kohler still day-to-day. So uh, we'll hear from Dave Sproul. Teleconference should be over. He'll jump on with us as we take you until noon. A couple of Monday nighters. Is Mr. Monday Night going to make his debut? Mr. Monday Night is locked and loaded with two picks oh tonight. Oh, Nice. Mr. Monday Night before we leave at noon. Mr. Monday Night was 4-1 and one on our picks. Miller and Condon till noon. Dave Sproul from KSI. Uh, in Ames, 1430 on the AM dial. He joins us next. It's 1460 KXNO-106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Condon just past 1130 Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Dave Sproul. Oh, by the way, Iowa State Coaches Show tonight, 630. Mm-hmm. That gets underway. You can hear it here. You can also hear it on 1430 KASI. Dave Sproul joins the program. Hello, Dave, Trent, and Ken. Thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Doing well. So Matt Campbell's teleconference is over. You listened into it. Uh, we saw the Downing uh, Nugget as well as the Kohler Nugget. Other than that, your biggest takeaway from uh, Coach Campbell's teleconference uh, with uh, Big 12 Media was what? Not much different from what he said after the game, actually, on Saturday. Uh, Matt Campbell, you, you know, he, he locked into his uh, favorite phrases about trusting the process and winning oh, in the geez. margins and all that stuff. Got to, you know, uh, <laughs> share that today. I was a little surprised. Um, you know, he was asked about Brees Hall, who had a fine game. I think he topped 100 yards on Saturday. But, uh, you know, Fumble. He, he was asked to – yeah, he was basically asked to praise Brees Hall, and he didn't. He, he said, well, mm-hmm. he's not quite in midseason form, dropped the ball a couple times, a little sloppy. Uh, you know, uh, he, he could have just, you know, laid it on thick there and gotten all effusive with the play, mm-hmm. the, the praise. But he's, he's also, you know, uh, seeking a, a higher standard. You know, he's, he's he wants a little something closer to perfection from his guys. And – you know, having a 100-yard game doesn't uh, quite forgive the fact that uh, there was a little sloppiness of the ball security. Uh, since you were uh, on the running back position, anything on Jirel Brock? He was uh, he was in street clothes, I'm pretty sure. I saw, He did have his, his jersey on, but other than that, I don't think that uh, that he was dressed out to play. What about Brock? Any news there? Uh, yeah, I don't have anything on him and uh, that did not come up, and I, you know, I, I should have thought to, to ask about that, and I 
totally forgot, but it is interesting to see to see him on the sidelines and could be an injury, could be uh, a suspension, who knows. And, uh, you know, Campbell's not the type of guy who's going to tell you unless you ask him. Mm-hmm. So we see the running game look, I think, better at times, certainly, and, and we start right there. But Brock Purdy, another performance, mm-hmm. and there's been quite a few of these throughout his career, just head-scratching performances, doesn't look like it's completely there for him. Your takeaway from Brock Purdy, what you saw, and going forward, is he regressing? Is it just the problems up front of him with the offensive line? Your takeaway from Purdy. Yeah, uh, you know, after the game, Purdy, he put it all on his shoulders as he typically does. He said he never really got into a rhythm with the receiving core, and maybe that has something to do with the fact that there are a lot of new faces out there, or at least guys seen more time who – who didn't play as much the last couple seasons. And uh, I think the Louisiana defense had something to do with that, mm-hmm. too. Uh, they played a man-to-man defense, and Iowa State just does not see that a lot. Bruce Feldman at The Athletic had a little article up yesterday. It was a brief one about the defensive coordinator for Louisiana. It was calling his first game, his first game as wow. a defensive coordinator at the age of 30. And he went out there, he said he saw on film that, you know, Iowa State didn't play against man very much, and one of Purdy's strengths is finding receivers in the gaps in zone coverage. So they didn't want to leave those gaps open, and they felt going in, the Raging Cajuns, they're confident enough in the athletic ability of their defensive backfield overall to go man-to-man, toe-to-toe, and be physical with Iowa State's receivers. I think that's a big reason also why Purdy uh, might have been a little off, or definitely was a little off, and uh, so part part of that's on pretty part of that you got to give credit to uh, the Louisiana defense. Yeah, no, you. I agree with you, and that's something that uh, you know I I uh, neglected to do in the first in the open of the show. They were really good. Yeah, I mean they were faster on both sides of the football defensively. Uh, but let's go to Iowa State's defense, Dave, because this clearly at least one game in. Uh, is looking like the the strength of the football team. Uh, I know that uh, DJ Miller probably didn't enjoy watching the film yesterday. Other than that, I thought that I mean White was all over the field. Eisworth's Eisworth, Eisworth is Eisworth. Tavon Kyle is a pro in my opinion. The front four uh, when they were when they were playing a four three was was outstanding as you would anticipate. Defensively, this is going to be the calling card I think of this Iowa State football team. They're pretty good. Yeah, they, they definitely made uh, something of a statement uh, until the last drive, basically, with Louisiana just moving the ball down the field in chunks and the, putting the game away. And Iowa State's spirit was kind of broken in a way. And their coaches. And that, that drive, yeah, that drive came around, yeah, and not using the timeouts. Right. Was a little bit baffling, but also at the same time, you know, just an acknowledgement that it would only have uh, delayed the inevitable. But the defensive line really stood out to mm-hmm. me. Uh, they primarily used the three three man front throughout the game. Uh, mixed in some four-man front there, but no matter what, you know, they were cycling guys through there, and there were a lot of real standouts on that defensive line. Will McDonald had a, yep. a couple snaps. Jaquan Bailey looked like a guy who'd been on the shelf for a mm. while and was really eager to get out and play yeah. a real game again, and yeah. that showed. And his brother, Joshua Bailey, really had a nice game as well. He, he, that's a guy whose name hasn't been said a lot of the last uh, few years, uh, except that yeah, that's Jaquan's brother. Uh, but uh, he had a couple tackles for loss, and so the defensive line, you know, they really stepped up, and I think that was a big difference for the Iowa State defense. You mentioned uh, late in the game not using those timeouts. Certainly, I think from all of our perspective, a little bit head-scratching. What was the response from Matt Campbell when he was asked either today or Saturday about that, why he didn't use those timeouts at some point during that final drive? I don't think the question came up after the game. It didn't come up today on the Big 12 teleconference, and I 
I, I think it's it's safe to assume, you know, at that point in the game, there was very little hope, even with the, using the two timeouts, that Iowa State was going to be able to get the ball back with enough time to score a couple times. It's only the two scores, mm-hmm. you know, even even if they got a stop and held Louisiana out of the, the end zone there, and they weren't going to have a lot of time to do that without any timeouts. Uh, so, you know, the book tells you, the, the classic coaching book tells you, yeah, you use those timeouts because, you, the idea is you never give up until that clock right. hits zero. Uh, but uh, I think the realization just set in on Iowa State's sideline. It wasn't going to make much of a difference. It sort of looked like that, Dave. I, I'm with you. Heads were uh, heads were uh, hanging down, and uh, um, it just there was there was, there was the no motion. Scheme, yeah, and, the, and in the grand scheme, I, I think you know the, whatever issues Iowa State had in that game were certainly bigger than yeah. using uh, timeouts. And you know, it's interesting you, you say no emotion. I, I mo- noticed at one point in the game, second half, I think it was when Iowa State used its first timeout. Louisiana sideline, they had guys jumping around, mm-hmm. bounced up and down to the music that was pumping in, in Jack Fry Stadium and. They were the team that looked to me that was playing with the kind of joy and spirit that, that Matt Campbell has said was missing from his team the back half of last season, and that might have been missing yesterday on the Iowa State sideline as well. No doubt about it. So, um, you know, Trent brought this up earlier, the the band um, and the, the spirit squad. I loved what they did there. They, they spread them out, social distancing. I get that. Um, as, as far as the presentation of the game, um, I, I thought it looked, you know, as good as it's going to look with uh, family and friends, or just basically family in the stands. Uh, so going forward, we're looking at October the third now. Has there been any speculation as to? Because we saw a lot of schools that had at least some fans in their building. We know Pollard wants to. What's the latest there? Anything? You know, I was looking at the the numbers this morning looking at the state's coronavirus website i looked at that new york times accounting you know a few weeks ago there was the new york times that reported Ames as having the number one you know rate of positivity in the country and a lot of that due to the return of students well, those numbers have been declining and right now story county isn't even among the top 10 i think in in iowa among counties in iowa when it comes to the positivity rate when you look at the seven day, the last seven days, which the New York Times uses, or the the fourteen day stretch that uh, school boards across the, the state are using to to measure positivity rates in their local areas. So those numbers are trending in the right direction right now. They're still in the double digits in in Ames, and that's not great. Uh, but if that trend continues, if we get to the end of next week, we might be able to say, or Iowa State might be able to say, yeah, let's go ahead and have mm-hmm. fans. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what what happens at the end of this week even uh, if that trend continues. And if it does, I think Iowa State will be in a much better position to get a limited number of fans into the into Jack Dry Stadium. Week off before the road trip to TCU to kick off Big 12 play outside of the cliches that Campbell will throw out there about winning in the dark and the like. <laughs> what do you expect uh, needs to be done for this team to, to be ready for a road trip against the TCU team? Has their own question marks and won't have a game there, but still a road game in the Big 12. Yep, a lot to work on, too. And I, I think it's going to be a little bit of everything that Matt Campbell is going to want to work on, maybe a little more special teams practice because he talked today on the Big 12 teleconference about integrating some new players into that scheme. And he did not blame the pandemic or any limits to practice that that might have presented, but I got to believe that that played a role in there. And I think uh, on the offensive side, Brock Purdy just working his with his receivers and then as well, you know, big big question mark is up front working on that offensive line, getting everybody healthy first and foremost. 
and getting that group also kind of integrated working on the same page. They weren't necessarily bad, but you're certainly a lot better when you got a guy like Trevor Downing in there. And your offense overall is going to be a lot better when you got like Charlie Kohler, another receiver that opponents really have to respect mm-hmm. in a way that they don't have to respect the other tight ends in the passing game. Uh, is there no one on the roster that can kick the ball into the end zone uh, for a touchback? <laughs> I, I, and, I mean, uh, I can't recall a um, What's the kicker? I don't even know his name, the guy that was doing the kickoffs. I'd yeah. never heard of him. Oh, Gombo. He's a transfer from Iowa Western, and okay. he's probably the, one of the few kickers I've seen wearing a number in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, that, that's kind of rare. But, um, you know, it's interesting, and, and that might be part of the strategy. That might be what Iowa State wants is to try to pin the other the opponent deep, you know, inside the 10 because you kick it out of the end zone, they get the ball out to the 25, you're mm-hmm. giving away a quarter of the field. Um, or maybe you're right. Maybe they just don't have a guy with a strong enough leg to get the ball all the way to the end zone. Who knows? Um, again, that's probably one of the little things that isn't quite as important as coverage when it comes to stopping the long uh, kick return that we saw the other day. Dave Sprout, KASI. Dave, thank you. We will. Uh, so will you get any media bills between now and Friday? No. None planned for the rest of the week. That's it. So... We will uh, we'll prepare and get ready for a week from Saturday with TCU on the docket. Twelve thirty kick for that one. Weird, too. weird time. It is. Do you anticipate Iowa State? Any of the Iowa State media are they going to make their way down to Fort Worth? Have you heard anything from from some of the other beat guys? Oh, Petey's got to go. The register's got to be there, don't they? Does Petey want to go with his age? I, I got to believe either uh, Pete or Hines. Travis Hines yeah. will go to represent the the Gannett uh, family here in uh, Central Iowa. The rest of them. I'm not sure because the rest of the, not a lot of other media right now that consistently travel with the team outside of mm-hmm. outside of those two guys. So uh, we'll see. I think if uh, if anybody goes, it'll be one of those two. Dave Sproul, K A S I in Ames, fourteen thirty. That's where the Cyclones play in Story County. Thank you, Dave. My pleasure. Good to talk to you. <laughs> I don't want. How can you not ask that question? I, I have no idea. And no one in the freaking Iowa State media thought to ask about not using the timeouts. Over two minutes left, two timeouts. It's second down and eleven. You, you don't, don't use have the to be friends with the head coach. No, not at ask all. Ask a difficult question. It's a question that the fan base wanted answered. You looked at Twitter. You you were looking at Twitter at that point. Cyclone fans were freaking out about that, as they should. I couldn't believe that he didn't use the timeouts. I could I not shocked, believe Jim. that he quit. And it still hasn't been asked? No. Either after the game or today during availability? They kick a field goal, you're down 13. Yes, you don't have a timeout. Yeah, it's difficult. But you have a minute and a half left to get down there, to get a touchdown, and get an onside kick. Give yourself a chance. But to not give yourself a chance, that's quitting on your team. I'm with you. I don't get it. Uh, 1460 kicks and a 106.com. For all of your and your family's eye care needs, make it Elite Eye Care. Dr. Ethan Heisman, Dr. Heidi Bell, and Dr. Kelsey Sawatsky provide expert eye care close to home. From eye exams to contact lenses, eyeglasses to sunglasses, make Elite Eye Care your local optometrist. In introducing Vision Therapy. Vision Therapy is a doctor-supervised, non-surgical, and customized program designed to correct vision problems. Elite Eye Care is one of the few optometrists to provide this service in Central Iowa. Set up your next eye care appointment with Elite Eye Care, 9250 University. Avenue in West Des Moines and online at idoctordesmoines.com. 
All right, let's you know what? Let's do that. Let's get into your plays, Mister Monday Night. I, hang on a second. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't. I just can't let All this right. go. Yeah, yeah. There's seven minutes left in the football game. Uh-huh. Okay, they're beat. They're down ten. Down it's 10. not like they're down twenty-one. They're down ten. Two timeouts. Two timeouts. They lose three on their first play from scrimmage. They lose three. Tick, 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 tick. 40 seconds go off the clock. Gain of six. It's now third and seven. Tick, 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 tick. So Campbell thought the team was beat. Okay. Maybe they were. But ask him what is going through his head. See, and that wasn't even the most egregious to me. Because at that point, you're down to two timeouts. You want to still keep them in your back pocket. The one with me... They're down in field goal range. There's two and a half minutes left in the game. But you need the ball back, Trent. You're you down do. 10. And, you're, and Louisiana's on their side of the field. But that, it's still kind of early to use timeouts with even five minutes left. But with two and a half minutes left, you hold them to a field goal, you get the ball back, you tackle them for a loss on the play. There was a loss of a yard. It's second and 11. You don't use it there. Third and short, don't use it there. Gets to fourth down, of course. We know what happens there. That's... But... Regardless of what side of the argument, your side or my side, they didn't use it all. Didn't yeah. use it at all. What kind of message does that send? Well, he doesn't, Trent, he doesn't have to answer to anybody. He can do well, it apparently not. Just, just you know, share what's going through your head. I, I'm dumbfounded. I really am. It's, it's, it's really disappointing. Okay, Mr. Monday Night, let me get off of this. All right, all right. Uh, well, there's two games tonight. There are. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, at the Giants. Mm-hmm. But Pittsburgh's favored what? They are a six-point favorite in this game. Uh, Roethlisberger's back. Mm -hmm. A lot of hype around this team. If there's going to be somebody outside of the Chiefs or Ravens, maybe it is the Steelers. Heard a lot of that. It's Uh too many, though. Grab the the Giants. Grab the six. Grab the six. I like that side of it. Going to go with the home team here. Grab the six in game number one. Game two, the nightcap, your team. Denver's getting two and a half. Do you tease these games? If you if you're if you're so high on the Giants, you push it to set, uh, to uh, thirteen, mm-hmm. and then whoever you take, if you like Denver, you move that to nine. If you like Tennessee, it's all of a sudden you just need to win by five. I really like the over in the first game too, so maybe I'll play those together. Get the get the Giants up to thirteen, and uh, push that total go down to 40, 39 and a half. I think there's going to be plenty of scoring there. That's probably the tease that I'll play tonight. Okay, nightcap though, two and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lay it. I know this, you is, should. this is part of your picks on Friday. I'm going to yep. jump aboard with you. The Vaughn Miller injury. It's huge. The, the more that I've thought about it. And Cortland Sutton's their best yes, receiver. I yeah. think Judy's going to be good, but it's his first game of his pro career. And you said that Drew Locke has struggled from He's everything you've read. He's had an awful read. August. I haven't seen a lick. But the reporters who mm-hmm. are you know, there every day, yeah. uh, uh, Mike Kliss, Troy Rank, um, they said he struggled. And last year they were... Effusive in their praise. Yeah, yeah. So, is it anything that changed? Is he dealing with something? Uh, he's dealing with no no OTAs, and yeah. this is his first year as a starter. Um, look, I, I hope they play well. I think Tennessee's a better football team. We get to halftime, it's 13-13. You staying with it? Yeah. Now, third quarter, what's the score? Still... Seven. No, then I'm going to bed, and I'm going to get up and watch in the rest of the morning. Broncos are down 17-13. Into the fourth quarter, you're out? Yeah, probably. By that time, I will be. You know, you could just maybe push that beer back another extra half hour? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Your I'll, team's back playing. I know, and, that's, it's, and I'll see it. I'll just, You'll see it, yeah, but I mean, imagine. I won't have looked at Twitter. I'll have no idea how it ended. If it was my team and I didn't see that Bears come back in real time, 
how frustrated I'd be. If the same I'll, thing come happens. talk to me when you're 62. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, got, I got a couple little kids at home, too. I, yeah, I, I know. I'm with you. The 62, if that pushes it over oh, the edge. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. The staying up late days are just yeah, over? Yeah, I think so. Uh, anyways, uh, we will be back tomorrow. Murph and Andy are going to be here at 2. Iowa State Coaches Show goes tonight. It's at 6.30. Maybe John Walters will ask. Maybe. Let's hope. Um, Murph and Andy, 2 Fanatics at 4. Morning Rush tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon weekdays 10 to noon. On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Have a great day.